Hey everybody, let me tell you about today's sponsor for our episode. The Brewer's Kettle has locations in High Point, Clemens, Wilmington, Kernersville, and Lexington. This is the premier bottle shop in those towns and those cities. They are the place that not only that we record at for most of our podcasts, but it's the place that I shop at when I'm looking for something special, whether it be wine, whether it be North Carolina beer, or cigars from all over the world. They are the go-to shop. They are the place that we frequent the most. And heck, even David's been on one of our podcast episodes. So if you haven't listened to that, go ahead and check that out. And if you find yourself in one of these areas, swing on by. The staff and the owners are some of the nicest people you'll meet. And they will help you out with all your wine, cigar, and beer needs. Take it from us. We know. We've been doing this for quite a while. And couldn't be prouder to have them as one of our sponsors. So thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Cheers, y'all. Hey everybody, check, check, check. One, two, one, two. Good. Alright, we recording. Beer was never meant to be bougie. Yeah, sometimes it's sour, sometimes it's sweet. That's right. Alrighty, hey, we are back at it again. And uh, today we're going to do something a little bit different. Um, today we have the pleasure, yeah, it is a pleasure. It's a pleasure anytime uh, Paddled South folks are, are with us. Uh, the pleasure to talk to this Paddled South folks who are opening a brewery here in High Point. It will be the third technical brewery that will be opening here in High Point. And uh, I wanted to get them on the podcast because basically, you know, a lot of people who listen to us and a lot of people we're friends with, they homebrew and, you know, don't really know the next step if they want to take it to that next step to go from a homebrew to a commercial brew. And I thought this would be a fantastic opportunity to sit down with Dave, his wife Amy, and business partner Patrick, and uh, kind of go through the ins and outs of and the the ups and downs, the highs and the lows. I'm sure there's lots of them of what it actually takes to open up a brewery. Um, you know, I know a lot of people who, who follow us. You know, they're surprised about how many open up, and it just seems like there's a different one opening up every weekend, um, you know, or every month, but. There is so much that goes into that, and I just wanted to kind of, you know, have them shed some light on it, um, some pitfalls maybe that they can help people avoid. Um, we'll probably get into a lot of the technical stuff, of like the ABC license, the TTBs, um, what that means, you know, dealing with city planning, city zoning, uh, construction, all that stuff like that. Um, I'm sure, you know, if they have a swear jar, it's probably full at this point. Uh, you know, we actually use a barrel. A barrel, yeah. So there we go. So you know, that'll be that could be one of the beer names called the swear barrel. I don't know. We, we'll, I love it. We'll, we'll we'll figure that out at some point with it. But um, so yeah, so just want to say thanks. I know it's been uh, you know getting the schedules together to get you guys down here, but we're here. Uh, we're here live at the Brewers Kettle in High Point. Uh, they're one of our awesome sponsors. So shout out to them. Thank you all very much. Um, so yeah, so without further ado, uh, Dave, his wife Amy, and business partner Patrick. So how you guys doing? Doing great. Thanks for having us. Yeah, man. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. Awesome. So again, obviously, you know, you, you heard the lead-in, kind of, you guys are, you went from the home brewing, now you're going to the commercial side of things, uh, with plans on opening a brewery. Um, I know this has been in the works for quite a while. COVID, I know, threw a big monkey wrench into that. Indeed. Um, so... I also want 
not only to, to talk about the, the brewery side of things because you guys are so much more than, hey, I'm a home brewer, right? You, and you're so much more than the wife of a home brewer and the business partner of a home brewer. There's so much more to that. And that's, that's what my podcast, you know, I, I want people to know people more than just their profession, right? So kind of take me, Dave, if you don't mind, from the beginning, and we can kind of go around the circle. Um, you know, what, what got you into home brewing? Where, where did the love for brewing come? Um, you know, and what you do now, because that's a that's a very important thing right now. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, take it away. All right. So, gosh, where to start? Um, about five or six years ago, I got a little home brewing kit. It wasn't the cheap plastic barrel ones that you get. That Amy went all out for you. Yeah, she did. She, got, <laughs> she actually got me a glass Woo! jug. Carboy. Yeah, it was, it was amazing. It was a gallon. I thought I had hit the jackpot with it, and uh, a buddy of mine came over, you know, because we didn't know what we were doing, so you always need backup. 100%. You don't you know what you're doing. Two people to mess it up. Absolutely. <laughs> and we um, followed the directions, and we were doing everything we possibly could, and um, that whole verloffing thing is uh, a, kind of a tricky little thing. They don't tell you how much effort goes into that, but we um, got through that. It was an amber. We bottled it. And uh, after we bottled it, we swore off bottling, and we hadn't even really gotten into making beer yet. But uh, the Amber Ale turned out okay. It was drinkable, I guess you could say. That's a plus. But yeah, so we actually were able to enjoy that. And after that, it was pretty much, I got, I got bit. I, I had the bug bad. I wanted to do it bigger. I wanted to do more of it. I wanted to try different styles. I wanted to try different varieties of hops. I just, I thought it was so cool, the process. And what I noticed too, is it just brought everybody together. There's almost always, there's somebody who wanted to have a beer and it was just fun. It was a good way for us to connect with other people. That's awesome. That's great. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things that, you know, I've said it, you know, a bunch of times, it's, you know, it doesn't matter, you know, beer is one, beer and food are those two big things that, yeah. that bring yep. people together regardless of political affiliation, sexual orientation, black, white, pink, purple, black, brown, whatever, people can get together and gather around over that, right? I mean, I work at a brewery here locally and, you know, you can have a hardcore Republican sitting next to a hardcore Democrat who's sitting next to a hardcore conservative, you know, and they all can get together and be like, wow, this beer is great, and they can all agree on it, and you know, it, it's one of those things that it, it brings people together, and you know, so that's the community, you know, the people who often say, like, all oh, the beer family, the beer community, I mean, it, it's a real thing, uh, absolutely. And, and people really take care of each other with that stuff, so it's it's pretty cool, so. Yeah, and I don't mean to jump ahead, but no, no, go ahead. we yeah. definitely, we realized very quickly when we started thinking about this process, how closely knit the brewery community is, and I mean, I had brewers reaching out saying, hey, I heard you're opening a brewery. Let us know if we can do anything for you. And I, I thought, wow, I mean, I'm going to be competing with these folks, but yet they're really interested in seeing me do this and succeed. And I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, so, the term is called frenemies, I believe. Frenemies. <laughs> frenemies? Or, you know, yeah, that's a good word. Yeah, I mean, yeah. but it's, it, and the hardest thing to, that I, you know, to explain to people is because a lot of people come from that same thing, that, that same business mindset of like, okay, if I'm opening a computer store and there's a computer store across town, I'm rivals with them, right? I need to get the customers to come to my store, not theirs. The difference with a brewery is, 
is that everybody wants to share the customers, right? Because the more breweries there are in an area, the more likely you'll have crowds of people come to that area because, well, man, we can hit four or five different breweries in one day. So Mm -hmm. it behooves these breweries to open up, you know, closer to each other because, you know, I know when I go and I'm looking at breweries that, hey, I'm going to go visit and do a feature on, you know, if there's five breweries in one town or there's one brewery 45 minutes out of the way, I'm probably going to go to the five breweries in one town because it just makes more sense. Plus, I can try a whole lot of different beers, you know, and in each brewer, you know, has a unique, distinct style of what what they hang their hat on and what type of beers they brew. So, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those weird things that people who are outside of the beer world have a hard time grasping because they're like, well, that's your competition and you should be wanting to not work with them, but you see collaborations, you know, left and right and the beers are fantastic because when breweries collaborate, everybody wins. The beer drinker, the breweries, you know, because then they can make money off it, you know, and, and all that stuff and it's it's win-win for everybody. So Much like you say, you almost have to build a critical mass and so it is mutually beneficial, which is unique. Restaurants may be similar as far as location because you can get people driving, but breweries definitely ben- benefit from that. To, like you said, you look and go, hey, there's three breweries here. I'm going to hit there, and I'm going to hit them all. Yeah, 100%. So how did you get dragged into this? Ah. Guilty by association? Guilty or? by association, <laughs> Well, you sure. started the whole thing, apparently. Well, by giving that gift. Yes, yes. I did. You know? <laughs> so but you're I the was, brains behind it all. The brains. If you want to go we'll go that. We're going to go there. We're going to stick with yes. it. Yes. Awesome. Um, That's another beer name. The brains behind it all. There you go. I love it. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> um, I was always a wine drinker, though. So when Dave started brewing, he was determined to brew a beer that I would like. And he has completely turned me on to beer. I'll drink just about anything but an IPA. Um, and I don't drink much wine anymore. So, That's awesome. Yeah. So what's yeah. been the favorite, your favorite one that he's brewed so far? Ooh, Not to put you on the spot, several. but to put you on the spot. Okay, well, there's been so many, so I'll tell you my current favorite. Yes. My current favorite is a ginger beer Ooh. that he has on tap. Interesting. Yeah. So is it a ginger beer, like an alcoholic ginger beer, or is it a beer that happens to have ginger as an adjunct? Yes. It's the latter. Yes. Okay. Oh, yep. I got you. Because there are ginger beers now yep. that people Absolutely. are making, yep. you know, alcoholic-wise and right. stuff like that. So. Yep. Yeah. Interesting. So yeah, interesting. that's my current favorite. But, that's um, awesome. Yeah, he's done some really good work with some tropical drinks. Mm-hmm. Now I will say this: I say I don't like IPAs, but I will <laughs> drink his tropical IPA. It's really good. Um, that's high praise coming from a non-IPA drinker. Yeah, and his oatmeal cookie beer that he does around the holidays. Ooh, all right. Yeah. So. All right. Giving away some secrets. I like it. Yeah. No, it's a good thing. Quiet. It's no, a no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's good. Uh, it's good marketing. That's fantastic. So, so kind of roll roll back a little bit here. So, um, so your profession now, right? You don't have to give the name of where you work, but sure. I think it's very important to mention that you know you're an educator. I am. You know, and that's and that's right now. It's your full time gig. Hopefully, you know, transitioning over to you know when the brewery opens up. Yeah, I, you know, and that's one of those things that. I, I really like what I do. I like the teaching aspect, um, but I also love brewing. So there's there's kind of that give and take. I do want to continue to help kids and be in the classroom, but at the same time, this is a passion of mine, and it's something that I've always wanted to do. I've always wanted to go out on my own and try to make something go. and just watch it grow from the bottom up and 
I'm not afraid of hard work and I'm not afraid of making mistakes and learning from those. And so eventually, yes, I, I probably will leave the classroom, but hopefully when we get far enough into this venture, I'll be able to go back and uh, do a little bit of teaching, you know, maybe part-time or, you know, maybe we do something for the community that kind of leverages what I love, an additional love of mine, and yeah. that's teaching. Or even just offering something crazy like, hey, you know, once a year we'll, we'll do a, a homebrew class at the brewery so you Absolutely. can teach yep. and, you know, talk to people about the love of your love of brewing at the same time. So, I mean, that that's awesome. So, and, and then Amy, you're an educator as well, too. I am. Um, yep. So... I think those are very important, especially, you know, in the state of the world that we're in right now, you know, you guys basically being on the front lines of things and basically having to relearn your jobs, you know, being everything virtual and everything online, you know, everything. So it's not only hard for the parents and the students, but it's also, you know, hard on the teachers as well, too, you know, because they have their own kids that are home, you know, and you still have to teach and be on a Zoom call and then make sure your kids are still doing what they're supposed to be doing at the same time. So you guys have it, you know, both ways, really. So, I mean, I think that's that's a huge thing. I, I think that's not something that needs to go unsaid or, you know, un- unappreciated because I think that's that's a very big thing. So, so not only do both of you have that on your plate, but then you're also planning a brewery getting all the stuff together. I'm sure you're still homebrewing like crazy to try to dial in your, your recipes and stuff like that. And then, you know, not to leave Patrick out, but you're also, you're in the medical industry. Uh, that's right. I'm a physician assistant. I'm also vice president of operations for a pretty large medical group here yeah. in High Point and the triad with things. So, I mean, so you're, you're, you're burning the candle at both ends too, it sounds like as well. So, I mean, you know, like you said before, it doesn't sound like any of y'all are afraid of hard work. You know, I I was in the space, I don't know, last year at some point, and you had demoed basically almost that entire, the roof was down, the ceiling was down, everything like that. And, you know, so, I mean, and you had done it all yourself. So, you know, the, the hard work, you know, is definitely not not an issue. I've, I've seen it firsthand and everything like that. So, um, so, yeah, so I thought that was that was interesting and definitely cool at the same time. So tell us a little bit about what it actually like the first step right obviously you can you can brew and make beer i've had your beer you can brew and make beer right so how does how does somebody go from brewing and making beer to then saying okay i want to open a, a commercial brewery right obviously the, the the space the space is the number the number one thing right, right. that that's obviously the hardest thing to find i think location, you location 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 location, location, yeah. location exactly and i think you know where you guys are located at it's it's a perfect spot. It's right downtown, next to the baseball stadium. Um, so, how did how did that spot kind of kind of come around? Yeah. So, I'll, I'll back up a little bit about making the jump to starting the business. <clears throat> I um, I was brewing, I guess, about four years, four and a half years, sharing the beer with friends and family, and every time I would share it with somebody, they're like. You selling this and after probably the upteenth time of somebody asking me I thought huh I wonder if I actually could 
sell this and, and make a go of it. Le- legally, you weren't selling it. <laughs> That's correct. Little asterisk. That's right. It was all given away for free. Yes, it was. 100% for free. I was not getting any money for it. No money at all. I was only talking about selling it. Correct. And Nothing ever, ever, ever got sold. That's right. your honor. Scouts honor or whatever. That's right. We're abiding by ABC laws. That's right. Always. Yes. So it was kind of at that moment. And um, Amy and I had been talking about doing something uh, a little different, supplementing what we were doing as teachers as well. And I just said, you know what? I think I really want to do this for everything. I, I think we can make a go of it. And we were looking at High Point, and High Point really didn't have that many breweries. And we thought, you know, High Point's growing. There's room for another brewery. We don't want to be a huge brewery and take over the industry in High Point. We definitely want to be a community-centered brewery. But um, at that time, I mean, Amy... Again, she's just been super supportive. She basically said, I think we should do it. I think you should do it. I think you should follow your dream and chase after this one and see what you can do. So at that point, we went ahead, formed the, the company, and came up with the name just kind of on a whim. I you know we were driving somewhere, and the whole family was in the car, and we were all throwing out ideas about what we should call it. And I don't know where it came from, but... You but, came up with it. Well, the, the, the idea behind it was I had moved down south from Minnesota, and I love outdoors. And I've always loved kayaking and canoeing and all of those things. And I, I just threw out, oh, I mean, it kind of paddled south. And at that point, they were like, that's it. There it is. Yeah. Bingo. So, you know, we um, formed the corporation, and... Almost immediately after, within a few months, we stumbled across that space down there in the Atlantic Realty Building. That's awesome. And it was, we you know, we saw it and we're like, this is a good spot. This is a good fit. And so we started talking with the owner of the property and the more we looked at it, the more we thought, this this couldn't be better positioned for what's happening in downtown Hopwell. And we wanted, and Patrick, and talked a little bit about this. Uh, we we wanted to position ourselves where we could support the growth of downtown because we're trying to change the face of what downtown looks like and attract more people. And we feel like we could contribute to that. And that added just it was a, a bonus for that location. That's great. And, and for the people who don't know and who aren't familiar with High Point, basically High Point during non-furniture market, the downtown area is pretty much a ghost town. It's all empty furniture showrooms and stuff like that. Not a lot of foot traffic, pedestrian traffic. You know, mostly people just kind of flying, flying through until they get to what they now call uptown. So to have a stop there and to really get people to kind of stop, pull over, hang out, maybe get a hot dog at the doghouse, yeah. you know, and then come come get some awesome, you know, craft beer made. I mean, I, I think that's great, especially being right on Main Street. You're not off of it. You're not down a side road. You're right there on Main Street proper, which I think is, is huge. Uh, I think it really will s- slow a lot of the traffic down and make people be like, oh, wait, hang on, what's going on over here? You know, and make people kind of pay attention to yeah. what's going on. And that's so. our hope. That's great. Yeah. That's awesome. So, um... So you found the spot. What happens next? 
What doesn't so, happen next? Yeah, that's <laughs> right. What doesn't that's happen right. next? That'd probably, be easy, that'd probably be easier to go. So what didn't you do? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, well, there's a lot of things that I probably should have done differently, and and really Patrick and I have talked about that, too. You know, if I, if I were to rewind time, mm-hmm. I probably would have approached it very differently in that I probably would have tried to secure financing before I started trying to rent a space, Yeah. not even thinking, how am I going to pay for the space, you know, um, but after after that, it was really starting to figure out, okay, what do we want this brewery to look like, um, you know, what kind of, the, what size system do we want to have in here, uh, what, what can we do in the space, I mean, yeah. initially, we had to go to the city and see if we could use the space for a brewery. And that just required us talking to the city manager, figuring out how it was currently uh, zoned, and if that fit within what they imagined downtown would look like. Did it fit? It did. Okay. Um, That's good because yeah. that would have been a bear to try to oh, yeah. rezone yeah. and rechange and then go through city council yep. and vote on it and get the community mm-hmm. out there and do that. So yeah. that that was yeah. a huge that blessing been, right there. Would have been years. Oh, absolutely. No, no. <laughs> You know, I've been in enough city council meetings and I've heard many yeah. council members say, hey, look, things move very slowly uh-huh. when it comes through all this stuff. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. So that's great. So sorry to cut you off. Yeah, no, it, it, yeah. no it, it, it is a slow process. And you, you would think that if you have all of these different things lined up and you give, give the city a complete package, and I'm not knocking the city. I know they have a lot of responsibilities. But you would think that if you handed them a packet that was pretty organized and you have all your I's dotted and T's crossed, you'd think that it would be easily pushed through and that's not the case. It needs to go through a lot of hands and a lot of people need to sign off on a lot of different spots on that. So we, um, it fortunately was zoned multi-use so we were able to move ahead with that and then it was looking at an architect, trying to find an architect to help us design, kind of bring our vision to life. and. To be perfectly honest, we didn't know what it was going to look like. Mm. We really didn't. We, I mean, we knew that we loved the outdoors, and we knew that we wanted to be um, homey, welcoming. We wanted people to walk in and go, "Oh, I, I like this place. I want to hang out here for a little bit," and then come back to yeah. you know they, that feeling of, "Okay, I just I had a really nice time. I, mean, I want to I want to experience that again." So we have the feeling part of it, but we just didn't have the image of what it was going to look like. So enter local um, architect here in High Point, uh, Freeman and Kinnett, and um, talked initially with Peter, and he referred us over to Tony. And Tony was fantastic. Um, After about 15 minutes of talking with him, he said, I love this idea. I'm gonna run with it if you're okay with that. And it was a Friday when I talked to him, and he worked on it over the weekend and came back the next week. And he said, you know, I want to show you what I came up with, just get an idea from you. And so we met with him, and he was showing us different um, renditions of the, the building itself. And before this, Amy and I had been talking, and one of the details that I wanted was a mash paddle on the front door 
as the handle. I thought that'd be a really cool thing. Yeah. So, for some reason I had the door handle down, but I didn't. <laughs> but <laughs> everything else behind yeah, that door, right. that's on the car. Who knows? Gotta but, get in. That's right. Yeah. You gotta get in the door. That's, right. that's, that's the first thing they'll see. There is a door. So, we, um, we sat down and we're going through these drawings, and he stops on the front of the building, and I look at it, and on the door, and I hadn't told, told Tony anything. On the door was a mash paddle. That's awesome. And the hair on the back of my neck stood up, and I told Amy, I'm like, this is it. This is it. So at that point, Tony started putting together everything, kind of pulling together all of the construction documents, um, all of the little details that go into flipping a former office space into a brewery. So he jumped on that immediately. And during that process, Patrick and I came across each other's path and hit it off. And we we both have a passion for beer. Uh, both of us are brewers. Awesome. And, you know, he, he has a lot of experience with not only development, given the position he has with the medical uh, company, but also um, just he's extremely creative and ingenuity um, driven kind of guy and that was a good compliment for me as I'm I'm kind of I wouldn't say scattered necessarily but um, just not as together yeah not as together so um, it was it was a great partnership for us I felt like it was Patrick might say different in a second we'll, we'll, we'll find out in a minute <laughs> But uh, he came in and we started kind of tweaking some of the details and uh, came up with where we're at right now. So kind of the final plans of what it's going to look like, which who knows, you know, in a month from now, it could be completely different again, or we might decide to toss one thing out and go with something else. But so that kind of brings us up to present. That was a fast two years. Yeah. So basically that was a two year Span to your right there. Yeah. So, so as it stands right now, has everything passed through the city, or, or are you guys waiting to finalize the interior plans to then pass that part onto the city? No, that's all been done. That was the nice thing, uh, working with Peter and uh, Tony with things is all those permits were ahead of things, so you know, we had a few pieces to kind of put together legal wise uh, and finance and so forth. But they were ready to go, and you know that was great. Having done projects here in the city before, it's tough to get permits. Oh yeah, um, you know I, I'll tell a quick story. I won't name the culprits, um, <laughs> but we were trying to develop property, and luckily one of my development people had donuts and was in an elevator at City Hall. And guess who she ran into? Well, there you go. One of the people to help with permitting. So we appreciate donuts, and I believe they were Krispy Kreme, maybe Grannies. I hey, Grannies hey, are good too. Shout out to Grannies. Yep. So whatever it takes. Yeah. Hey, whatever it takes. But that's awesome. So 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 right now, next step. Because if yeah. all the permits and stuff are done, are we just wait? Are you guys waiting to, to finish demo on the inside? You waiting mm -hmm. for equipment? Have are, have the ABC and TTB licenses uh -huh. been applied for? Yep. All, all the above. Awesome. Um, equipment, we've already got the equipment purchased. It's in storage. We're ready to go as soon that's as we fantastic. get the space up. And, um, so that's something we had an opportunity to, to really get some good equipment yeah. for a good price. And so we went ahead and moved with that. ABC, TTB, we've got several levels that we've accomplished. You have to wait till you're in the space for the ABC yep. for the final with yep. things. 
Uh, but when now we've got TTB to where we can go out and we can give samples our product. That's something we're planning to do pretty soon. That's fantastic. Uh, That's huge. That. Yeah. So and for people who don't know what the TTB is, mm-hmm. would you care to elaborate what a TTB uh-huh. is? Sure. I mean, it's a Tax and Treasury Bureau, which is what TTB stands for. But really, it's um, going through the process of verifying that you are able to manufacture and distribute alcohol. It's the federal um, it's, side of things. It's the federal Correct. side of things, yeah. And uh, I, uh, whenever I told people about the TTB, they're like, what's that? And I'm like, it's the ATF, yeah. Yeah. really. Pretty much. So, yeah. you know, they, they want to make sure that we are upstanding citizens to the best of their knowledge. And it's the A in ATF. That's right. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> Very much so. So, but then yeah. the ABC is on the state level. The state side. Correct. So yes. you, gotta, you have to have both. You can't have one without the other. That's right. And then... And, it, and it's mm-hmm. super specific too. So Absolutely. it's you know if you change, oh, it went from unit A to unit B, yep. you, you got to reapply it. all yep. over again, and it's not a quick yep. process to reapply. As people who have opened up places or even bottle shops or any place that serves or sells alcohol knows, you know, hey, if I move a location, you know, I, I've I've known people who've driven to Raleigh to be like, hey, we are opening today. I need to drive to Raleigh so I can pick up my physical ABC license right. so I can open yep. and be open for, for operations and yeah. stuff like that. So, yeah, that's that, that that's a big deal. And the fact that you guys got that basically all out of the way. Um, so you already have the equipment all bought. Uh, yep. What size system are you guys going to be brewing on? It'll be a three-barrel system. Okay. Yep. Are you going to do seven-barrel brights and fermenters? or We have four six-barrel fermenters, I believe. One ten barrel for those double batches that we decide to do, and yep. then we have some bright tanks nice. as well. Awesome. So yeah, like Patrick said, I mean we we got a bang up deal on some used equipment, and it was it was one of those things that it kind of fell on our lap too, at the right. Too good to pass yeah. up. Yeah, it really was. Yeah, That's we great. even got kegs with that deal. Yeah, so, really. Lots so of kegs. Really That's huge. Half barrels or six tools or both. Yes, uh-huh. both. Both awesome. actually. Yeah. Awesome. So you guys are going to be pulling off off a draft system, obviously. Mm-hmm. You can be pulling them out of both those barrels, I'm assuming. Yes. yes. You, there are no plans like to distribute. You guys kind of want to keep everything sort of in-house at this point. We have the option to. That's right. I was going to say, with the six tools, you guys yeah. have the option to yeah. do all yeah. sure do. You know, we applied for the license to give that flexibility with awesome. things. You know, it's not going to be the focus of our business. We definitely, the, the tap room is where we really want to have the beer. But it's always good to get it out to places, you know, much like Brewer's Kettles here. Yeah. Um, it's good for people to kind of see our product. It's advertising. Uh, if we make some money, good, but the retail side is not where you make the money uh, with things. Yeah. Um, so it's something we can do, and we'll probably do some small yeah. distribution. A little bit. That's great. Well, you have the option to self-distribute here in North Carolina. You don't have to go through a distribution company, which is also great. So you can grow, you can grow yeah. at your own pace if you decide to do all that. Um, you know, and honestly, the tap room is where you want people to visit because the tap room is what helps keep the lights on. So that's right. Anybody listening, if you want to really support your brewery, mm-hmm. you know, yes, you can buy it at the grocery store, but go to the tap room and buy it there because that's that's where the 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 rubber beats the road for a lot of these places. That's that's how you can really help support a lot of these places to is to go to the breweries and buy the beer at the source. And that's that's an upside in North Carolina because a lot of a lot of states don't allow that. Yeah. South Carolina doesn't. So, yeah. I mean, it's definitely a, a plus for us. Yeah. A lot of your northern states, it's very difficult to, to get that dual. Big time. Yeah, it's hard to get in a lot of those markets because of just that simple fact of distribution. That's right. You know, so yeah. that's great. 
So, Amy, how are you holding up through all this? <laughs> Pretty well. Are you? Yeah, Have I mean... you put on your work gloves and construction hat yet? <laughs> start, Not start, yet. Start doing some demo, get some frustration out? I would love to, though. She's done yeah. some demo. Yeah. I've nice. done some demo. I enjoy that kind of work, to be honest yeah. with That's you. That's good, though. So, yeah, it's yeah. been fun. But um, I think we're to the point now where we can't do it, and the, um, the company that's going to do the remodeling for us Gotcha. So, have there been any delays with them, you know, because of COVID or anything along the lines of that, or are they just kind of going, going on? Some companies haven't they, they've doubled in size, you know, during during this this, yeah. this thing. So, yeah. is it a situation there, or? Yeah, it, I'll put a plug in. Fourth Elm yeah, is absolutely. outstanding. Um, they've done some they've work great. for my company as well, and they've been one of those people. They're on the spot. You can call them. You get a good response. So we're happy to have them involved with it. And, and luckily, timing worked out to where we were, we were past the panic part of COVID, which was kind of that March April where people didn't know where we're going. Whereas now you can kind of go, okay, we're, we're somewhat starting to come out number-wise with things. And so there weren't huge delays. Um, interestingly, another project we were doing, we were waiting on something to come from China. Well, mm. guess what didn't come from China? Yeah. Um, the virus did, but... Yeah, the parts they, didn't. The parts <laughs> didn't. Um, so that really did cause some wrinkles for projects where you had some yeah. uh, outsourcing with that. Yeah. Um, but we've been uh, delighted with for them uh, with things, so uh, we're happy for them to be our contractor. That's Absolutely. fantastic. That's great. So... So for people who haven't been to the space, I've been to the space, um, you know, what what can they look forward to? I mean, are we talking, I know it's right on Main Street, mm-hmm. so outdoor seating up front may not be a thing, but there is mm-hmm. talk about some out on the backside there. Yeah, and, and we've talked a little bit about that, and we feel like we can probably get a few tables out on the front mm-hmm. um, it will be open we'll have a garage door on the front of the building and the back and the back yep yeah so it'll be a pretty open space you'll pretty much be able to see uh, from front to back through the space and uh, that was intentional we wanted to have the space feel open um, but yet inclusive as well so they're part of the brew house itself and then um, seating in the back as well. We have a, a small gravel area in the back that we could probably put three, four picnic tables at awesome. and uh, accommodate quite a few people out there. So, Lots of shade yeah. too, some big trees yeah, back there. Lots of shade. That, so, which yeah. is yeah. nice during the summer months. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, outdoor space, we probably have a space for about 30 customers. That's uh, good. Between the front and the back, and we'll provide heating for the cooler weather with things. Um, but again, having those two garage doors, it's very easy access. Also, we're not cordoning off the brewery. We like people to see the equipment, see where things are coming from. Um, so that can be kind of a, a gathering space as well for people. Um, awesome. you know, we'll also look at, at doing some classes. I think also doing some mini tours to a certain degree. You know, we're going to be brewing at different times there when customers are there. So we want them to see that process. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, and I think that's going to be... A- a fun thing as well too. I know a lot of people who like going to the breweries. Most of the times when the breweries are open, brewing isn't happening right. um, because a lot of these brewers like to get in early in the morning, kind of knock it out before the heat of the day, especially in the summertime, mm-hmm. and then kind of you know, hey, I'm in at six o'clock in the morning. I'm out by two or three o'clock. Brewery opens at four. You never see the brewer, never get a chance to right. talk to them. So I think that that's that's a really cool you know aspect, yeah. kind of you know 
almost selling point, really. Mm-hmm. Like, sure. hey, come on by, talk, yeah. talk to the owner, talk to the brewer, you know, mm-hmm. figure out, hey, you love this beer, fantastic, let's talk about it. Yeah. Hey, I'm a home brewer too, man. Mm-hmm. You know, what, yeah. what did you do? I didn't get, was, did I mess up my boils? Did I mess up, you know, here or there? And it's good because, I mean, I think another good part about the brewing community is that people are so willing to talk to you about the brewing aspects sure. and the brewing, you know, this is what I do from point A to point B. This is how I do it. I mean, they may not give out every intricate, minute detail because there's certain things, obviously, you want to keep to you and, hey, this is my recipe and, you know, X, Y, and Z. But, I mean, for the most part, you you know, people can kind of pick each other's brains and learn from the process. And, you know, tomorrow's brewer, you know, commercial brewer is, is a home brewer right now. Yeah, you know, right. so it, it's kind of like you want to sort of, I don't want to say bring up the next generation, but you kind of want to do that. I mean, if you want breweries, yeah, if you yeah. want breweries to keep going, you got to be able to teach the people kind of behind you to say, hey, man, look, listen and learn from the mistakes that I've made. Absolutely. You know, going from a five-gallon carboy to now a three-barrel system. I mean, that, that's a big jump. You yeah. can't just say, well, I'm just going to multiply everything. Mm-hmm. It's not baking, right? right? You can't yeah. say, well, I'm making muffins for 30 people. I'll take the recipe for 15 and double right. it. You, right. you, you can't do that. Actions are different. Everything's different. Yep. Boil time, I mean, everything. Yep. I mean, but that's where the science of it comes in, and I think that's, that's the cool part. And basically, all that to say, I think that's a really cool feature that, you know, you guys potentially will be brewing when customers are there so they can see it smell it feel it you know kind of see what it actually takes to go from these big stainless steel you know culverns or whatever tanks you know that's what i'm looking for tanks to what comes out of the the tap handle you know it's it's not a oh we just do this this and this and magic beer i mean there's there's time in between and there is a very you know strict process that goes with it you know and i think people will also see how much cleaning is involved in that <laughs> yeah. That's you know correct. as well we too. might not yeah. do the cleaning while people are there for 90 <laughs> percent of brewing is cleaning yeah. you know yeah, so because i have seen that yeah uh, yeah. yeah i yeah. mean because if you don't have if you don't have clean lines not and clean equipment yeah, you're not going to have clean beer yeah. you know you know the the customer part is really important for us you know one of the, one of the things we're going to be doing is a tap that's going to be a paddler's pick we're going to kind of integrate through our website to where people can vote what is the beer you want on tap. Obviously, they're going to have to give us some leeway, depending on the styles with things, but that way we can kind of get our customers to be interactive with that. Yep. And if they go, hey, want an IPA with coconut, pineapple, and mango, well, Dave's already done one, uh, so we've <laughs> got, got that. Uh, but, you know, we'll, we'll see what the customers want, we want to provide that. Not just do the IPA, not just do the wheat, but actually something that's unique that the customer wants. Yeah, yeah, and that's great. I mean, the customers are the ones who are coming in, and the customers are the ones who are going to you know hopefully keep coming in and keep keep you guys doing what you're doing so obviously you know to have them involved is very important and that supports our community involvement as well 100 we just we really want people to know that we're invested in the community and we want to be as active and as involved as we possibly can which is uh, goes both ways we we want customers to be involved in our process as much as we want to be involved in the community yeah, I mean, and I think that 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 creates buy-in. Sure. You know, that creates loyalty. You know, so it, it creates. Hey, man, I want to go to this place because when I go there, I feel like I'm somebody. The bartenders know my name, right? I I helped. You know, the beer that's here. I I picked this beer. They made this beer because I chose it. I'm gonna bring all my friends and family and be like, look, 
They're like, hey, John, you, hey, it's John's beer. Hey, everybody, you know, John's here. Hey, this is the guy that, you know, named the beer or whatever. So, you know, it's, it's one of those cool things that I think, you know, creates that. And it, and it creates it in a way where um, it makes people want to come back. You know, it creates that, that hometown feel. The almost I, to not be stereotypical, but it creates that cheers. Sure, you know it's a place you go where everybody knows your name, and you, you know, you can go in there and gripe about your day, or you can go in there and celebrate your day, and you know, you're 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 home. You're at your no home place. Yeah, no judgments. Yeah. It's a judgment-free zone. Trade truck. I know you can't say that. Whatever. Um, so I'm sure you guys have all listened to every single one of our podcasts, and you know, front back, memorize it through and through. But I always like to end every podcast with this one question and I'll ask it I'll ask it and then each of you all can answer I think it's a super important question that um, adults never get asked anymore you get asked all the time as a kid but you never get asked as an adult and I think the world would be a better place if we all ask this question to each other more often what is your favorite dinosaur <laughs> alright Amy <laughs> since you laughed so <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, anybody. Uh, I would say the T-Rex because I can see him having difficulty holding a beer and drinking it. That is true. So that's, that's why he's your favorite? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Just I, I like to see challenge. I'm sure he'd figure out a he'd way to He'd figure it out. Yeah. He'd probably fall on his back and use his yeah, feet somehow sure. like a baby with a bottle yeah. or something. That's, that's good. A little bit of sympathy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you want to go? I don't like dinosaurs. <laughs> oh They're not around anymore. You're Get safe. Out. Get out. <laughs> I mean, Just I kidding. read about them to children, but. <laughs> Which is your favorite one to read about to children, Amy? Probably T Rex. For the same reasons as Patrick? Um, we can say that. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. All right, um, Dave. <laughs> yeah, I would have to go with the Velociraptor. Ooh. I think they're uh, super sneaky and crafty, and yeah, they uh, they have some sharpness about them. So, yeah. yeah, two yeah. of them. Actually. Two of them. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's so, great. Yeah, well, good deal. So, all right, where can people find you guys? Social media, mm-hmm. interwebs. Where where are you guys at? Plug yourselves. Yep. Yeah, we're actually very active on Instagram as well as Facebook with things, and then our website as well is available. Uh, that's. Uh, Paddled South Brewing, uh, CO for company.com. And so you can reach us as any of those messaging. We're very active with that. You'll probably get a reply within a few minutes. Perfect. And what's your Instagram handle? Uh-huh. Instagram. Paddled South Brewing. Yep. Paddled South Brewing. And then uh, Facebook is just Paddled South Brewing as well, too. Yep. That's cool. awesome. So yep. appreciate you all tuning in. And uh, definitely when Paddled South Brewing opens up here in High Point soon. Spring 2021, I think. January, January, February. January, February 2021. Yeah. Awesome. So winter 2021, God willing. Uh, we will be there. We'll be at the grand opening. We'll, you'll, you'll see a feature on our Instagram page. Uh, appreciate all you guys coming out. Thank you so much. I know it's taking a little bit. And you guys are busy. You know, you got full-time jobs and then planning and opening a brewery at the same time. So definitely appreciate it. Thanks for stopping by. We appreciate, appreciate it. it. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Hey everyone, thanks so much for tuning in to this episode. Check us out on Instagram at NC underscore beer underscore pride or on Facebook at NC Beer Pride. If you're liking what we do, you can check us out on Patreon. If you'd like to buy me a beer, patreon.com slash NC Beer Pride. If you're listening on to iTunes, you'd be kind enough as to rate the episode. That really helps us out a bunch as well too. 
Thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll check you guys out in the next one. Cheers, y'all.